on this episode. We're heading back to the early 2000s to a time of falling over skaters and rapping judges. Let's go. 10987654321111 G'day, g'day. Welcome to the 21st episode of every Aussie number one song ever. We're back after a bit of a break. I hope you're doing well out there. I'm Teddy and for this episode we have one regular here, Matty Doc. Howdy, Teddy. Thanks for coming on. And we also get to welcome a new guest, the DJ Row. Mysterious, man. Uh, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah. First time on a podcast, is it? No, it's not. It's my first time to talk about something other than, you know, business, PE, that type of thing. Um, and, you know, talk about a topic that probably has been a big part of my life and most people would not even realize is like hip-hop and in particular one artist that we might get to in a minute mm. yeah awesome well it's about time we we got to know you a bit better isn't it <laughs> yeah so for this episode we'll get stuck in we're heading to 2002 uh, a few noteworthy events from that year include the goat the tactical genius stephen bradbury happened uh, won the gold medal, first ever gold for Australia. Big Steve. Um, pretty incredible event. I'm sure you're all across that. Uh, two days after he won his medal, Elisa Camplin won another one. She uh, flew high in the aerial skiing. And also the first paid maternity leave scheme was put in place in Australia by Pacific Brands. Yeah. Bonds, I think that is. Uh, East Timor officially regained independence after a long period of Indonesian rule. Brazil won the Football World Cup, held in South Korea. Uh, On the screen, Cracker Jack was released. Kath and Kim debuted. Jeez. Hmm. There you go. A few years ago there. Um, Popular musical artists of the year included Shakira. Casey Chambers and System of a Down. Like Chop Suey or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they were pretty big at that time. They were. Uh, but no artist was bigger in 2002 than the man we find at number one on July 21st. And it's everyone's favourite confectionery rapper, Eminem, and his song, Without Me. Now, Drew, as you uh, hinted before, uh, you are a big fan of Eminem. That's why we've got you on this episode. Yeah, I've I've had an inkling that this episode has been coming for quite some time. There's a bit of a you know chance for me to come in and share some thoughts, <laughs> or maybe like defend myself against people who have views. But you know, um, yes, big fan. This was like the Alice in Wonderland moment for me. Oh. You know, in that I had listened prior Marshall Mathers LP, enjoyed the music, but was still really like listening to System of a Down. Yeah. Things like that, right? And it was like 
it wasn't necessarily this song, but it was that song that led me to the album that led me down the path mm. of No Return. Rabbit Hole, the B Rabbit Hole. It literally was the B Rabbit Hole. Down we went, and we never came out. And now it's sort of like I don't listen to anything other, other than hip hop. Yeah, nice. How many times have you seen him live in concert? Three. So every time he's been here, I've been in the front row um, trying to get his attention so I could battle rap. Um, <laughs> No, not really. But... It wouldn't take you on. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just scared. Hey, old talkies. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is, yeah. Talking. <laughs> uh, that's great. We might hear more from you throughout the episode. We might uh, delve into Eminem's life um, leading up to the release of Without Me. Uh, he was born in Missouri. Marshall Bruce Mathers III. Oh, DJ Row, just uh, <laughs> jump in anytime, mate. If you you got a fact or uh, I've I've said something incorrect, please jump in. This is a dangerous game you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the expert here. Uh, he was raised by his mother Debbie after his dad skipped town early on. Uh, must be said though, Debbie nearly died during his birth. Uh, a mammoth seventy-three hour labour. Um, yeah, it might have been the start of their poor relationship. Uh, Marshall had an unstable upbringing. Debbie had multiple issues. They moved house and schools constantly, and he got bullied quite severely. He wound up spending most of his youth in Detroit, uh, he f- where he failed ninth grade three times and dropped out of school. Despite that, he enjoyed language and had a love of comic books. Marshall discovered hip-hop courtesy of his uncle through an ice tea track and began rapping at high school with friends and performing in rap battles at open mic nights. His debut album, Infinite, was largely ignored, but it was this... What a classic, though, literally. It's good, is it? It's actually good. Yeah. There's really good tracks there. They re-released it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It sounds dated because of like obviously it wasn't recorded high quality. Mm. Is it um, out there though? Like it's on Spotify and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. You can go and download it. They did like a re-release of it at some stage, and they must have like polished her up. Um, but there's probably one standout track on that. It's called Infinite, and yep. I don't know, the rest can fade away, I guess. But some of that led into the first album. Like they were sort of like went into Slim Shady. Yeah. Okay. His first album. major. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of a merge. Yep. Well, yeah, he released Infinite, Infinite, but didn't get much attention and copped some negative feedback. But it was this <laughs> experience that led to his breakthrough. With his life seemingly spiralling downward, Marshall created Slim Shady, a sadistic and violent alter ego that helped him express his anger and, bonus, got people taking notice. He copped a lot of criticism in that first album because um, he he had the same flow as Nas, like not not Nas, but A Z, who was like a rapper affiliated with Nas. So okay. like people couldn't look past that. Mm. Next up was the Slim Shady EP, uh, which reached far and wide in 1997, including Marshall's idol Dr Dre's office, who reportedly said to sign him now. Dre also supposedly said regarding Marshall being white, I don't give a f*** if you're purple. 
if you can kick it, I'm working with you. <laughs> You've got a good ear, obviously, Trey. Uh, the Slim Shady LP would follow in 1999. The single My Name Is putting Eminem further on the map. And then in 2000, the huge Marshall Mathers LP was released. It broke fastest selling records and featured hits such as The Real Slim Shady and Stan, solidifying Eminem as a household name worldwide. How would Eminem follow up such a huge album? Well, that's where we found ourselves in this episode. Without Me, the first single from the Eminem Show, released in May 2002. Let's take a listen for all the Spotify listeners out there. Okay, there it is, Without Me, Eminem. Yeah. What do I think? You said it was the Alice in Wonderland moment. Do you remember when you first heard it or where you were or was it just a great... Year 11, Year 11, rooting a secondary. Like, how can I forget? <laughs> Ripping around with my big M and my mini display, probably. <laughs> um, thinking I was deadly. But, you know, it was, it was, it served its purpose in that obviously it, it had lots of people who knew about it. I reckon if you play it now, in most places, people know that hook. Mm. It's pretty, you know, pretty recognizable. Um, but yeah, it, it was following the same, I guess, narrative of No Real Slim Shady, same style of simple beat, simple rhymes, you know, pop-friendly approach, I guess. Yeah. So you weren't, um, like, you weren't right into Eminem before this, like, you weren't anticipating this single, like, you didn't... No, I, I definitely listened to the Marshall Matters LP, but it, it was a mix of all other stuff at the time, too. Um, but when I remember seeing, like, obviously, did we even have the internet then? We did, but it wasn't very, yeah, like, it wasn't so ubiquitous for us. Like, I didn't know it was coming. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I heard it on the radio or something. Um, picked it up at the store, and that was it. That was sort of like the moment where I said, transcended down the, mm. the B rabbit hole. The single um, or the album did you pick out? Well, the single is what obviously caught my attention and, like, you know, whatever, but it was, it was mostly the stuff that was on the album that, yeah was sort of um, the standout stuff. It was just the gateway drug. <laughs> nice. Uh, Doc, what are your initial thoughts on the song? What, what sticks out for you? Oh, I think it's like that. It's just that beat beat of the whole song. And then, yeah, we probably had a bit of a read to the lyrics. And, yeah, it's a bit of dissing going on in there too. A few <laughs> name, name drops in there. Um, but it probably I was, I, it got me thinking about, like, what – what made him stand out. And I remember at the time, like he was just so controversial. Like I guess now what he's probably doing, wouldn't seen that out there, but I had a bit of a look up and yeah, in 2001, old slippery Pete, Peter Slipper, you remember him? He bloody came out and asked the then Howard government to refuse Eminem a visa to come out here. And it, I remember it just being massive that like, yeah, this big controversial thing, whether you'd let him in because there was all these things that happened at his concert and all that. So yeah, like I think that built into the, popularity for kids a little bit or for people i guess that the um notoriety that went with it um yeah and i think like to a certain degree that you know this song plays on that about you know if you want some controversy here i am sort of thing and that's like i mean that's effectively where he built his brand from a little bit so um yeah but it's a good tune that is the theme of the track really he's 
he's returning returning with a lead single. You know, Eminem's back. The, the world's been boring without him. Or the rap game. Yeah. I don't know if he's been specific to the rap and hip-hop, but probably talking about the world, make people's lives interesting. Now he's back, you know. Yeah, the, the unfortunate event is that he followed the same formula into the next single, which was dog shit. Um, <laughs> it was called dog shit, or <laughs> we made you, and it's similar. Like it was it, by that time that that same type of pop led single was kind of done, um, and this was yeah. I mean, it was hard to sort of top how well this one worked, and then try and repeat it, it was just really corny to, the next time around. Just on the beat, like it reminds me of like Billy Jean or. Um... Living on a prayer. This is the intro, you know, it's got the that deep bass underneath the drum mm-hmm. before it launches into his uh, rapping and whatnot. Do we remember the music video? Yeah, pretty iconic. Yep, I'd say Probably, most, yeah. most people would remember that. I reckon. Well, I did. I just had a bit of a look and didn't realize all these sort of like cameos in there, like you know, famous people that were sort of in there or takeoffs. Yeah, and- Bin Laden, yeah. Yeah, Bin Laden. <laughs> but even like, was it like, yeah, a few other rappers are in it and yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, very, I reckon if you remember the song straight away, you probably do go straight down to that video clip. You remember that? Well, that, uh, yeah, the theme of the video is Eminem and Dr. Dre as superhero and sidekick sort of trying to save uh, a young lad from listening to uh an Eminem CD because it's so bad, and uh, hmm, yeah. Well, I always, the, the scene in the car with Dre is just when they're banging their head. I, I find that very <laughs> funny. That's what I remember most about it. We might go into the lyrics. Where does this sit in Eminem's catalog? What what do the big fans say about this song? Like, is it? Uh, is there any classic lines in here? Or is there any? It's mostly just fun wordplay, really. Um, you know, it, it's there's obviously, um, you know, there's some flexing going on there with some of it, but it's it's not like the the vivid storytelling type stuff that mm-hmm. you know, Stan, other tracks on that album, singing for the moment, all that sort of thing. Like, um, what really what the big fans would be into, and what I sort of gravitated towards even now. Um, but like I said, it served its purpose. It was like it got it got attention, didn't it? Like it's pretty self fulfilling. Like it's talking about the very thing that actually happened. Yeah. And yeah, the rest is history. But it's I wouldn't call it a classic in the sense of like what makes a classic from a, like a purist perspective, yeah. like good lyrics. And but yeah, it's it's certainly it's fun. I guess that's probably the way I would describe it. Some of the disses, Maddie. Um, well, you mentioned his mum there. She gets a bit of a shout out there about <laughs> the uh, lawsuits or something. Now, I don't know too much about it, but I think there was a bit of that happened at that time, wasn't there, between him and his mum? Probably still is, is it? I don't know. Yeah, could be. Uh, did not have a great relationship. But uh, then it went down, and this was like when I read the lyrics, like there's bits um, with it I probably wouldn't have understood until you actually read them. But yeah, there was a shout out this, yeah, Chris Kirkpatrick. <laughs> Like it's in there. I was like, "Who is that?" Yeah, some singer in NSYNC. Yeah, one of the NSYNC members. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, Moby. I don't know whether it just uh, that rhymed or whatever, but he 
obviously doesn't enjoy his company. No, there was like there was some slinging around at the time, and then like the limp biscuit line too. Mm. And that's from like they were tight back pre before Eminem sort of blew up, but then they took over that same space that Limp Biscuit might have had, you know, with a similar audience. Um, you know, they did sort of like rock rap mix type stuff. Mm. Um, well, I think they weren't very, they weren't very much liking that. And, um, that led, it did. It led to, there's a whole series of diss tracks directed at Limp Biscuit um, that led, <laughs> that were prior to this. They ever give any back? Uh, I think maybe there's <laughs> something Everlast did. I, I don't know, like all connected to that same thing. Um, <laughs> but no, I don't think they did. I think they're stupid enough. Dick Dick Cheney, the uh, vice president of the time, and his wife. Dick Cheney. Yeah, they, they cop it. Elvis get to mention in there. Um, Elvis, yeah, not really, uh, Elvis. Oh, he's not, not really a diss. He's probably he's comparing himself to. Uh, yeah, to play the black music like uh, like Elvis did mm. as a white guy. So yeah, which is probably pretty fair, I guess. It, you know, that line right. has come out recently and and been used in like you know the twenty twenties. Yeah. Um, that Elvis yeah. Presley line, um, you know, about him doing exactly what he describes here um, at the at the expense of the the black rappers that might be in his position. That's um. You know, some of his critics might might use that now, and we're using that recently. Yeah. Okay. Um, the FCC. <laughs> <laughs> it's a famous line, I reckon. The FCC won't let me be. Yep. Federal Communications Commission. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have a bit of beef there, or just happen to slip it in? <laughs> no, I think they were trying to shut him down, probably too. Were they? <laughs> All the parents were ringing him up. Prince, Prince, yeah, yeah, changing into the symbol there. And I think the other thing with the lyrics is there's that no, 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 no bit, um, which feeds into the video clip being about the superheroes. It's sort of that you know no, Batman no, no, no. sort of uh, <laughs> sounding lyrics, I guess. I read. I don't know if this is right amongst the Eminem fans, Jero, DJ Ro. Uh, I read that that line. I'm back. No, 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 no. Fix your best antenna, tune it, and then I'm gonna. Is uh, very hard to uh, execute. As in to technically be the one. Yeah, right. It, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me. As in terms of just skill and mm. skill set that he has had, still has, I should say. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's still better now. He's still going. He's actually better now. One other thing, I just wanted to dive into the credits uh, for a second. The track was produced by Eminem, Jeff Bass, and DJ Head, mixed by Doc, <laughs> mixed by Dr. Dre. There's a couple of interesting names in the writing credits, though, uh, including a man we've spoken about before on this show, Trevor Horn. Doc, I don't know if you'll be able to recall Trevor Horn. He's one half of the Buggles. Oh, was it Big Trev? Co wrote Video Killed the Radio Star. Yeah, yeah you can hear that now, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's how he ended up on there. Um, the other interesting name on the credits is Malcolm McLaren, a former Sex Pistols manager. And with along with Trevor, he, uh, they wrote the song Buffalo Girls. Uh, yeah, he gets a shout out at the start mm, of the song. It's a major hit for Malcolm in the 80s. 
and featured the lyrics to Buffalo Girls, go round the outside, round the outside, uh, which is one of the first things you hear in this uh, Without Me, except it's uh, Trailer Park Girls. Yeah, obviously enough to uh, give a credit there. Uh, one of the first, apparently one of the first Caucasian rap hits by, um, by Malcolm there, Buffalo Girls. Reach, no, reach number nine in Australia, that song. We might give it a play, eh? Hey? We'll give, um, give it a play it's for in- everyone listening out there. A, it's an interesting tune. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That's Buffalo Girls, Buffalo Gals, uh, Malcolm McLaren. Pretty clear uh, the the lines there. Uh, one more thing, shout out to Obi Trice. Uh, <laughs> Gotta have teeth. The goat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, this is like the um, kind of announcement. You know, he'd been signed, and mm, he was the next big album thing. And- it was. He dropped a good. He did drop a good first album, but like, if you scrap, got some teeth off that, then it's actually a decent album. Hey, but, what? Yeah. No, terrible. <laughs> I mean, last I, last I saw, he is. Uh, I don't know, offering hundred dollar guest roles on Instagram or something like. That. Um, <laughs> he's not. No. Nice. Yeah, he yeah didn't, he's not uh, doing so didn't quite take off, poor fella. But I, oh, I have a soft spot for got some teeth. <laughs> Chompers. I forgot about that one. Yeah, it reached. I think got to number thirteen or something in Australia. Not bad. And I was just going to say, we were just talking about the video clip there too. Won the Grammy, I think, for the best video clip. Nice. Um, beat out Nas. Who was it else? Uh, Doctor Dre, Dirty Vegas, and one giant leap. Don't know them other ones, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. I do remember downloading the uh, film clip and it might have been illegally um, on the internet, obviously. And uh, I remember it took days to download, <laughs> you know, the old 56 bit kilobit, you know, whatever it was, modem. Dial up. Um, yeah. And playing it in one second intervals because that was kind of the how much it downloaded between each time. Yeah. <laughs> Probably help you learn the rap if you wanted to by doing it that way. Yeah, it was without me the biggest song of the year, two thousand two, according to uh, Aria. Do we know what? Do you know what number two was? Like, is a comparison? Yep. Shakira. 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 Whenever. Whatever. Hey. Elvis at number three. <laughs> L- little less conversation. Hey. That uh, remix or whatever you want to call it. Ketchup song number five. <laughs> 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 what a tune yes alright we might ask you for a, a rating DJ Row out of 10 out of 10 um, I don't know it's probably like a 7 or something um, around about there and that's just that's me comparing it to the impact it had um, for me personally like getting me into that rabbit hole but then also comparing it against everything else um, 6 or 7 somewhere in there nice Doc He's a bit nervous now because, like, after J-Ro has uh, put the feelers out there saying how much he liked it, I was actually probably going to go a bit higher than seven, but I don't know whether that's possible now. Um, I think you can. I think I'm I'm being a little bit too um, where it fits in my catalogue of Eminem. It's not not a deep cut, is it? 
Yeah. No. It's one for the casual fans. I'll, I'll go a 7.5 for me. Nice. Yeah, I'm about a 7 too. Just a good, good fun song. You don't take it too serious. It's good. All right. I've got a few more facts on Eminem. Uh, I mentioned he was bullied when he was young. It was pretty bad. Uh, and Eminem would rap about it on his track, Brain Damage. Uh, the old bully would try to sue Eminem for $1 million. Uh, he was unsuccessful. And the judge in the case would dismiss the claim by including some rhymes in her decision. Uh, he said, Mr. Bailey complains that his rap is trash, so he's seeking compensation in the form of cash. Bailey thinks he's entitled to some monetary gain because Eminem used his name in vain. And then, <laughs> the lyrics are stories no one would take as fact. They're an, they're an exaggeration of a childish act. It is therefore this court's ultimate position that Eminem is entitled to summary, summary disposition. Take that, Mr. Yeah, Bailey. Yeah. Do, you reckon that, <laughs> do you reckon that judge has done that for all cases now? Like, you know, there's a big murder trial and it's just like... <laughs> it's a dangerous precedent. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Or, yeah, do you mix up the genre each, you know, trial? You, you got any more notes on that, the bullying DJ row? You talk about it in quite a few tracks, does he? It's not the first time that name has ever come up. Mm. Um, and, yeah, knowing about the history. But, you know, I, I, it probably is something that you could really, I'm not going to say, but I don't think bullying is a good thing to be doing, but, like, it probably made, made the person that he is. Um, and because of that, I ended up with Eminem. Um, yeah. So what if he didn't? What if he ended up at a boarding school that was, um, <laughs> you know, all honky-dory? <laughs> Mightn't have been the same. Could have been some hipster, be bloody hipster indie artist or something. Who knows what I'd be listening to? Maybe <laughs> System of the Down still. Yeah. Uh, uh, in 2010, Eminem claimed he didn't know how to use a computer. I'm not sure if that's real or that's changed, but yeah. he at least stays <laughs> off the internet a bit. Is that right, DJ? Right? Uh, up until recently, that was. That was kind of what we expected, but um, in the recent years, he most certainly has. Yeah, okay. And there's been some pretty classic exchanges, you know, where he thought things were private, but they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> like what, on Twitter or and, something? Yeah, yeah, like saying, telling his manager to answer his F and flow, like <laughs> um, might have been, yeah, not aware that that was a public tweet. Um, uh, that's classic. But from what I've been led to believe, he does the same things that we do, and that is scrolls YouTube feeds and, <laughs> you know, watches reviews. You know, people do reviews where they reaction videos. Oh, yeah. He actually watches them. <laughs> of his own songs. Correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, been, he's actually referenced it in a couple of his songs and um, things. So, you know, totally, he's, he's not. You'd totally do that. Hell yeah, I would. And he's certainly <laughs> progressed since that original comment. Yeah, cool. Uh, at the age of 20, Eminem had a run-in with the law. He was involved in a drive-by shooting uh, with a paintball gun. <laughs> <laughs> run-in with the law. Truth. Yeah, apparently he was going to court about it. 
uh, they dropped it. Uh, or the other, the, they didn't show up the other party. So, well, is there a paintball scene in Eight Mile? Yeah, past my knowledge now. Eight Mile is, of course, the movie. Um, yeah, there is. Has he been in any there other is. movies? Um, no, close to, but never fully. Yeah, there is a paintball paintball gun scene in uh, Eight Mile. There you go. Yeah, Eight Mile kind of launched him in a different way. Um, that was around this time, 2002. I think Lose Yourself came out later in the year. Yeah, later this year or um, the next year. And that was obviously a monster hit as well. So he was he was everywhere around this time. And we might go on to now. Eminem has eight total Australian number one singles, uh, including Without Me. Do you boys want to have a crack getting the other seven? I just gave you a hint. Well, lose yourself would be one. Yep. And are they all his, or are they sort of featured? Uh, no, they're all his. I think he's only got to number two with a feature on Acon's Smack That. I, I, I'm guessing that. Would you just say Stand Before and um, My Name Is? I don't know. Did that get number one? No, Stan, Stan did. That's correct. Yeah, I seem. The only reason I remember that is because I reckon. Back in the day on Rage, when you get to number one and the video clip, they obviously couldn't play it or something. It'd just get there and you, you wouldn't get to hear the song. Yeah. Too um, violent for the screens. Yeah. Ugh, that that would be about the extent of my knowledge. I would I would go that all four of the the same type singles that like um, We Made You, Just Lose It, Without Me. Did Real Slim Shady? I don't know, is that one of them? Real Sim Show you didn't, but you got two others then, Just Lose It and We Made You. Yeah, without me. Obviously Lose Yourself by, you know, Mile. And then you'd have to have Rihanna with, like, Love the Way You Lie or something. Yes, correct. Maybe both Rihanna tracks. Monster? Is that, yeah. is that Rihanna? Is, oh, yeah, it's called Monster. Yeah, Monster. Yep, yep. yep that's one. There's, um, there's only one left now. Curtain Call, When I'm Gone. When I'm Gone. Well done. Right. Very impressive. Don't know whether I've heard some of them. I'll probably hear it and be like, oh. You would have heard it, definitely. I I, I wasn't sure about the Real Slim Shady one, though. I, yeah, I don't really know any others either, but the Brianna ones, I remember thinking, oh, yeah, it's a big sell. It was just going to be obvious instant big sell. Yeah. I'm just looking when the when was his last number one. 2013, by the looks of it. Yeah. Which one was that? The, mo- the, monster, the monster was, yeah. yeah. Um, 2013. Yeah, it looks like his biggest one was 2020. Godzilla, number three, it got to. He's still, you know, his albums are still reaching number one, though. His last, what, six in a row have reached number one, so including last year. So he's still a big deal. I know, like, singles seem pretty, like, it's a different world these days to ship a single and hype the single and make it go number one to what it was back when he would chart. There's like mm. really, you would probably put that down to like the whole streaming world. Yeah. It's just a different ball game, isn't it? Like, and he doesn't really necessarily play that like a kid Leroy. <laughs> yeah. Although just, just having a look, I would not have picked that. He's features on, gets Ed Sheeran a feature on a couple of songs. He did. Yeah. <laughs> And then goes and repays a favour and features on one of his. Yeah, I would not have picked that. He got yeah, he got to number two as well with Ed. Yeah, I didn't didn't see that one. Remember, <laughs> remember the name with Fifty Cent and Ed. <laughs> actually, 
see the way that that came up because Ed Sheeran wanted them both on a song. That's how it sort of he he initiated that, I should say. Yeah, well, he'd probably have plenty of cash, wouldn't he? <laughs> He's not <laughs> He's doing not it for sure a favour. All right, now we'll uh, finish up there with the the Google search. DJ Row, we how many letters do you think you need to type in before Eminem is the top result? Well, it's clearly not going to be one because every Aussie number one will be the first one to come up. <laughs> um, I'm going to AM. Well, three, it, it, it would have to be three. There's, there's no way that it couldn't be, I don't think. Um, so I guess two. two. Well, it's four. E-M-I-N. Actress. Emily, Emily, Emily Blunt yeah. has got him covered at the moment. Emily Blunt. I'm sure that probably changes you know if Eminem released an album he'd probably jump back up there yeah there's quite a few Emily's in front of isn't it I suppose with uh oh, Google <laughs> you, you're a big man aren't you DJ right? <laughs> <laughs> Jeeves I'm on the Jeeves <laughs> uh, alright we might move on to chart watch chart watch Maddie, what do you got so Eminem was yeah there Number one, obviously, and yeah, was at, at number one for five weeks. A bit on and off too, wasn't he? Wasn't uh, five in a row. Bloody hot at the top of the charts at that time. <laughs> <laughs> number two was one you mentioned before, Elvis and um, JXL. A little less conversation. And then, yeah, number three, Holly Valance. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten about that song. I wonder you didn't download that video clip too, did you? <laughs> hey, <Ray>? Different reason. <laughs> uh, then number four was Nelly, Hot in Here, Oof, which I believe ended up actually beating Eminem for the uh, Grammy for Song of the Year. Uh, no, sorry, the best male best male performance. Best male rap solo performance went to, yeah, Nelly that year <laughs> over Eminem, Jay-Z, Ludacris. Uh, <laughs> yeah. TJ, give us your comments. Well, I actually had that album. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, that it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was was it back then called Urban or was it rap? Oh, it, says, it says rap according to the internet, oh, but it right. may have switched over. Um, number five was Vanessa Carlton, A Thousand Miles. Yeah. What a banger. Oh, you didn't have that one too? <laughs> That's a, we talked about that one other time. Right? That's a, a bit of a meme meme song, isn't it? The um, twinkling piano, you know. Is that on? Is she on the, like a moving piano on like a back of a truck yeah. or something? <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then, yeah, looking through the other notable ones. So, yeah, I think at number nine was Shakira, which I think you said was the second biggest uh, artist of the year. Underneath your clothes. <laughs> you going to do that for every song? Um, <laughs> Chili Peppers at number 11. Yeah, that's a good song. That'd be yeah. my favourite Chili song, I reckon. Yeah, it's not a bad tune. Tenacious, Tenacious D at number 14. <laughs> Tribute. Uh, number 15, Taxi Ride. <laughs> Taxi Ride. That was a big tune back in the day. Creeping up slowly. Creeping up slowly. Number number nineteen. Chad Kroger's gone out in his own. Uh, I do not recall that. That was from a movie, I reckon, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> Quite possibly. Spider Man or Superman or one of those. 
Yeah, true. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Hero. Uh, you can. I can't remember the song where I can imagine him saying that word. <laughs> About himself or just <laughs> in general? Yeah, probably. You know, Chad uh, J Rowe. I refuse to um, acknowledge that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so the other ones, um, Fat Joe, is... Fat Joe, you big fan, Jero, <laughs> number twenty-two. Well, I mean, I def- I mean, I know the song because um, you know Ashanti slays that chorus, and mm. they have uh, a Jar Rule Fat Joe on verses mm. in the next few next few weeks. I think um, if you've ever seen verses before, have you, have you ever come across them, the verses battles? Uh, it's online tickets and you know streaming whatever, and they just pair two yeah. artists. And they just go song for song, and people vote. I think, but it's informal, and it's mostly done in good, um, good blood. I get you know, for entertainment, not for you know, sheep stations. And who'd you say it was? Chad Kroger versus Eminem this week. Is that what you're saying? Chad's up. <laughs> anyway, it, it's led people definitely down that track of like, who would Eminem go up against in a in a versus battle? Like, <laughs> hey, he'll never do it. Um, but like, you know, who is the hip hop person of the same level of hits that you could conceivably put next to? Who would you, who would you say you, or, or are you going to say yourself after trying to get the front row and battle it? <laughs> it's a tricky one. Cause you know, it, there's lots of people with a big, lots of disco, you know, epic, epic tracks. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I just don't like who do you, who are the biggest names? Like you got like Jay Z and Kanye and whatever. Hilly. But they're not necessarily good matches for someone like Eminem because I think you got to pick someone. Like I don't know, it's a tricky one. Different, yeah. different. They've got clearly different fan bases. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's right. And I think you would find pretty loyal fan bases too. So uh, <laughs> exactly, it just yeah. becomes a tribal thing. What they're yeah. voting for. Surely people will be impartial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There would be splinters everywhere from sitting on the fence. I think if you wanted to do it and it was most fun, it'd be like Eminem and 50 Cent because maybe they are of the same fan group, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but there's no way 50 would win that. That's couldn't. <laughs> so, yeah, some other notable ones that go down probably now to number 35, Ali G and Shaggy. <laughs> Me, Julie. Me, Julie. Did that come out with the movie at the time or was it just? I think it might have, but, yeah, not 100% sure. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you got uh, probably down here, Casey Chambers at 45, I think you said, was one of the other big ones. And then number 46 was Scott Kane. Yeah, <laughs> did he come up in a previous episode? I think he was from... Pop, pop know, Stars, was, it, was he? Was it Pop Stars? But, yeah, one of them sort of shows. <laughs> He won it, or oh, it might have been second, or was he or something? He was up there. Yeah, because I think there was a bit of confusion. It was Scott Cam from the block <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but they were the big ones that stuck out for me. Did you guys uh, see anything else that was notable? I mean, there's still obviously big artists in there, Kylie Minogue and, mm. you know, Destiny's Child and a few of them that everyone would know. But, yeah, they were probably just a big – some of their songs weren't – they didn't ring any bell when I read what they were. A couple of uh, songs I used to listen to, I reckon. Old Pacifier, the uh, Kiwi oh, yeah. rock band. She Had is there also a name. Comfort yeah, Me. First, first week in the charts. Yeah. 
blasting in there at 40, number 40. Motor Ace, local Aussie legends too, number 41. Yeah, comfort me, peak position number 40 for one week. Didn't follow <laughs> it up after that. So, yeah. um, Bachelor Girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, Disco Montego featuring Katie Underwood. They had a couple of hits. Oh, she was, and she was um, pop stars too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, yep. Bardo. Bardo. Will Smith. Black suit's coming. Old mm. <laughs> Men in black, men is in it? In black two or something, probably. Or three. I don't yeah. know how many of those are there. Too many, I think, is the answer. <laughs> Ronan Keating. <laughs> Ronan. Gets the mum vote, probably. Some of these people are still back there, aren't they? For sure. But they haven't left. Like, they, they didn't do anything else. <laughs> I remember Ashanti, like she had a lot of hits back in the day, but I don't know, what's she doing these days? She is. Well, she'll be appearing in this uh, versus thing. She's sort of oh. impartial between the two contestants. Yeah, right. But you're right, she's popping off. <laughs> I'd never, no, nah, when I see that, it didn't ring a bell. I'd have to listen to her songs that, yeah, when I see it, it doesn't. Aren't, uh, it doesn't. aren't Taxi Rider, where are they? Aren't they the house bandit? Oh, the, uh, they were at somewhere in, yeah, like a crown or probably Melbourne pre COVID, but yeah. <laughs> yep. Play creeping up slowly. Play it again. They would cop that. They, they had another couple of songs, didn't they? They got big. Um, I don't know. You had the album, Doc, did you? Got, oh, I don't think I did, <laughs> but got to number six, uh, that song. Yeah, nice. I'm probably just out of me rage watching days here. Um, I don't remember a lot of the songs like you too, Doc. Old Wycliffe yeah. John. <laughs> um, yeah, like a lot of them songs, yeah, I agree that probably just after it. But yeah, the Eminem one, out of all them, that's the only one that you could look at and go, yep, definitely remember that video clip. But the rest, if you've seen it, you know, in one ear out the other sort of thing. Yeah, nice. Thanks. Thanks, Doc. Good times. That was good. Pleasure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Thanks, please. Okay, now it's time to do the random date for next episode. See where we're heading next from 2002. Let's get the date. Oof, we are going way back to 1940. <laughs> 1940. Jeez, I wonder what rap was like back then. <laughs> <laughs> August 23rd, 1940. Let's see if we can find out who that is. Okay, it's, uh, yeah, back then it was the monthly number one, so it looks like it's that one there. Hmm. Jeez, never heard it. No, not familiar with the artist either, so probably a wartime song, you'd have to guess. You would imagine so at that time. Um, Sounds pretty dark overseas. Hmm. Yeah. A few good other names around that time too. <laughs> songs. <laughs> For example. The Woodpecker song. Woodpecker song, yeah, we just missed that. Yeah. Beer, beer bell poker. All right. We'll look forward to that. Let's play the damn song. All right. It's time, as always, at the end of the show to... Give the song a play without me, Eminem, uh, today or for this episode. We're going to uh, try something again. DJ Rowe, you, you're a bit of a, a bit more of a rap expert than us. Are you going to play a bit of a rap game that 
Eminem, Eminem was a bit uh, famous for back in the day? Well, yeah. See, there's this, you know, go on to radio stations and freestyle and do off-the-dome rapping was like very much a skill set that he would put into action. And I think no better time than the present to put mm. your, you know, the two of your skill sets together with <laughs> some alphabet rhyming. I'm just going to throw random words at you. And you just need to rhyme them and we'll sort of pass it on relay style. So when you, you say off the dome, that means, you know, no, no, nothing written down. You've, you have no idea what I'm about to say. Anyone, <laughs> uh, yeah, wants to switch off now, that's fine. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see what happens, Doc. I'll let you have the honours if you want. Right. Okay, so we just want one line just of using that word. Yeah, and I will start off by telling you that word now, and that word is shop. Went down the shop to get some milk. Next one, dad. You wouldn't believe it, but I saw my dad there. (laughs) Flower. My dad gave me some flour, so then I had the power. Mm, it's getting pretty spicy there, dropping bombs. <laughs> Let's go with orange. <laughs> and the flower flavour was orange. Just like the town in New South Wales. <laughs> you dog. Has anyone ever rhymed orange yet? Well, Eminem has actually done a piece on it. It's more about the enunciation of orange like oranges, but not like you can sort of bend the words to make them rhyme. I don't know. That probably just illustrates how hard this actually is, um, to be honest. Let's keep going. Let's try some more. I want to try some more. Okay. We'll see if we can get into our flow. And there we go. That's the next word, flow. I had to flow before I had to get a toe. (laughs) (laughs) Car. And it was my damn car, the same one that I got from a pa. Fishing. The pa that I used to go fishing with <laughs> down the creek. <laughs> <laughs> now we're up now we're up the creek. Toast. I'm gonna get me some of that cooked bread. Oh yeah, toast. Just like the uh, listeners. <laughs> Just like yeah. our skills. They're, they're long gone. <laughs> it, uh, could you hear us bending the, the words there to really <laughs> flow in the next one? Flow was struggling. Yeah. Uh, There's no beat, so that's a bit hard. Yeah, true. Uh, that'll do, yeah. Thanks very much, DJ Rowe, for coming on. All good. Thanks, Matty Doc. We'll, uh, we'll make you the hip-hop rap uh Expert, if, if something else comes up, DJ Row, you'll be back. Oh, good. Sounds good. All right. Next week, we've got Nelly. No, not really. Uh, <laughs> 1940. <laughs> All right. Cheers, everyone. Peace out. See You're still here. Wow. Well done. You made it to the end. Thanks for listening. If you want to link up via the socials, Search for every Aussie number one song ever on Facebook and Instagram, or chuck us an email at everyoznoone at 
gmail.com. That's every AUS NO and the number one at gmail.com. We would love to hear any anecdotes or facts and figures about the songs and artists. Cheers. <laughs>